Our speaker today is Stacy Amendola Johnson. She really needs no introduction. You all know her well. Uh, she and her husband Dan serve faithfully here at the church, have been for 15 years. Their three children are wonderful, uh, plus the daughter Leah is married down in North Carolina. Um, Stacy serves as our bookkeeper, our worship leader. Uh, I'm filling in when she's not leading worship in case she didn't get that, but I, I fill in now for her when she's not leading. It used to be the other way around, but now it's that way. Anyway, Stacy, uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Come on up and, and share what the Lord has put on your heart. Give her a warm welcome, please, if you would. In case you don't know, this is, this is our daughter, our number one daughter, and uh, we're so proud of you, Stacy. Give us the word. Amen. 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 Hi, church. How are we doing today? Is everybody warmed up after that wonderful time in worship? Come on. All right. Well, um, like Pastor said, I'm Stacy, and I'm really happy to have the pulpit. You know, I heard a story a couple months ago that made me think about a song that my brother and I used to sing all the time when we were kids that made me start having dreams about water. And then um, that kind of turned into me really asking the Lord, like, why am I having these weird dreams? Is this the enemy, or are you trying to talk to me? And the Lord spoke back to me and gave me a word. It was just a little bit when I saw Pop outside in the driveway. I said, hey, I think the Lord gave me a word. He said, oh, good. I already have a date for you, you know, two weeks from now, whatever. And I said, okay, Lord, come on, continue to speak to me. And I, I am here with expectation this morning because I know that the Lord put something on my heart. Um, it started with just a story. You want to hear the story? All right. So I heard this story about a guy who was an adventurer. He heard about this hike that was through desert. Um, it was very challenging. He physically prepared. He mentally trained. He had everything that he needed. Um, you know, he weighed his bags. He had enough water. He mapped out his track so he knew where the next water sources were. You know, it was a challenge, and he was excited about it. He was ready, but he wasn't prepared for unexpected weather. And there was a storm in the middle of the night that took out half his resources, um, wiped out some of the landmarks that he was looking for, and um, he found himself with limited resources. So it didn't really matter how much he had planned for this trip. Suddenly, he didn't have what he needed, right? So it was getting dry. He was getting thirsty. He was reserving his water. And just when it was like he knew, that I, I can't survive much longer. We all need water, right? Um, he saw a lean-to with a pump. And he couldn't get there fast enough. And the pump was dry. It was rusty. Nothing was coming out. And then he saw a little bottle next to it. And he was so excited. He, he was ready to guzzle it thinking this isn't enough, but there was a note on the bottle that said, pour me over the pump, prime the pump, and you'll have as, you know, enough water. And so the man stood there for a second, like, okay, do I satisfy like my little bit of thirst right now? I know this won't keep me alive, but maybe it'll keep me to the next source, or do I follow the directions and prime the pump? So with a little bit of trepidation, he poured the little bit of water over the pump, and it was enough to get the pump going. And sure enough, that pump was tapped into, you know, running water. And he was able to fill up all the bottles that he had, wash his face, rest, drink some more, and he survived. Isn't that a great story? And that made me think about a song that uh, my brother and I used to sing, that Teen Challenge used to sing. Maybe you guys know it. It goes, Give me this water, Lord, I'm so thirsty. For some reason we loved it. One sip of living water. 
and I will never thirst again. We used to actually spray water at each other and sing that song because it was so fun, but it was catchy and I've always remembered it. And that started me thinking, you know, like I started having these weird dreams where I was waking up in the middle of the night thinking that there was water like on my bed. And I'm like, it was one of those weird things, like, is this a dream? There's Dan. I hear my dog. My kids are in their bed. I'm, you know, and it was so, I thought maybe it was the oranges I like to eat before bed. I don't know. I was like, Lord, I need to sleep. If you want to speak to me, let's go. Otherwise, I rebuke the enemy. And the Lord began to speak to me about living water. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning in your house. We're so grateful that you show up and pour out your spirit over us. I thank you for moving as we lifted up your name this morning. And I, and I thank you for speaking to me. I thank you for speaking to your church. So I ask you right now that we have, give us ears to hear the word of God and let us um, just hear what you would say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. John 7, 37, Jesus is speaking and says in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive. Up to this time the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been glorified. He was still speaking to his people. But Jesus is our source of living water. My, my son told me the other day, I don't think I've had a sip of water in three weeks. It's probably true. He was surviving on iced tea and orange juice. But we all know that we need water, right? We can't go without it. There's no, there's no getting around it. We need water to survive. And Jesus is our source. The Holy Spirit is our source. Isaiah 43, 19 tells us, See, I am doing a new thing. It will spring up. Don't you see it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We know the word tells us so clearly that the Lord will provide what we need. It's not like that man in the desert looking for water. We already have what we need. Amen? So I, I started really just like seeking the Lord about what are you, what are you speaking to me about? What are you talking to me about? And I just feel this expectation and this um, urgency to remind you, church, that we are living in the last days. We know that, right? Our world is a hot mess everywhere we look. I mean, I don't, I don't even watch the news anymore because it's just you don't even know what you're going to hear, right? We know that we are living in the last days. We are the remnant church. So I want to go to the Old Testament, Genesis 26, and hear what the Lord um, is speaking to us. Will you let the Holy Spirit move this morning as we um, ask for living water? Yes? Amen. The title of my message this morning is um, Breaking Through, Digging Spiritual Wells. Say it with me. Breaking Through, Digging Spiritual Wells. All right, so we are um, going to go to the beginning of the Bible, if you have your Bible. Um, I heard something really interesting on the radio the other day. Um, someone was speaking about, like, if you have your Bible, turn to it. If you have your phone, of course, turn to it. I had spent a long season where the only Bible that I read was on my phone. That was the season I was in. But he said, if you have your Bible, you should hold on to it, because you never know what information may change on a device. So if you have a Bible at home, I would encourage you to open it. But we're going to go to the beginning. Um, we talk about the forefathers of our faith. We say that we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we learn a lot about Abraham. There's a lot 
the word tells us a lot about him. We learn a lot about Jacob, who will one day be called Israel, right? And, he, and we know that um, the beginning of our faith, we can trace our spiritual heritage all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We don't know so much about Isaac. We know that he was the ordinary son of an extraordinary man. If you don't know, I'll remind you. Um, Abraham was a man that God saw, found favor with, and God gave him a promise and said, I'm going to pour out my blessing on you. I'm going to, from you, I'm going to create descendants as that number the stars. I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to give you a son. He was old. His wife was old. God showed up for him, even though he tried to make it happen on his own. Like Abraham saw God move. God provided for him and blessed him. And then he had a son, Isaac. And if you know this story, God said, Abraham, will you take your son? Will you sacrifice your son in obedience to me? And Abraham said, yes. So this is the son we're talking about, Isaac, the son of a mighty man. There might be a little bit of trauma, right? Because his dad was going to sacrifice him for the Lord. But God showed up for Isaac and provided a lamb, so Isaac wasn't sacrificed. Isaac, when we get to Genesis 26, which is the only chapter in the Bible that's just about Isaac, Isaac has a wife. He has twin sons that God spoke promise over. They will be two nations. Um, his father had just died. He inherited vast lands. All of his father's people, like all of the livestock, he was wealthy. He had it. He had everything, right? So we get to Genesis 26. I'm going to read a little in the Word, and then I'm going to sum up a little bit. Is that all right with you? Yeah? Okay. There was a famine in the land. So Isaac is here. He just inherited all this stuff, all this land, all these animals, all these people. And there's a famine in the land, as bad as the famine that his father had experienced. And Isaac went to Abimelech, a king of the Philistines. God appeared to him and said, Don't go to Egypt. Live in the land I told you to live in. Stay in this land for a while, and I'll be with you and bless you. For you and your descendants I will give all the lands, and I will confirm the promise I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars and give them all these lands. And through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed, because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him. He kept my commandments. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. That seems pretty simple, right? Isaac knew who God was. He saw what God promised his father. He was reaping the benefits of that promise. And even though there was a famine, he was like, well, I could just imagine his conversation with his wife. God showed up for my dad. He showed up for me, saved my life. He provided all of this for me. So there's a famine, but I'll stay here because God told me to. So that's where we are. Um, Abraham, we know Abraham's life was filled with promise from God, but also there was a lot of deception and there was a lot of trying to work things out on his own. But in spite of that, God blessed Abraham. And the next part of this chapter goes on to say, Isaac tries to pull the same deception that his father had. He lies about his wife. He lies to the king. Um, it's it's an interesting picture of this man. It, show, it tells us that Isaac knew who God was. God spoke to him. He was obedient to God, but he was still kind of dealing with stuff, you know? So in spite of his lies, the king says to him, why would you lie to me? I can clearly see that God's hand is on you. I don't want to mess with you. So in spite of his stuff, people could still see that God had his hand on him, right? So Isaac... Um, 
just decides to listen to God. Down in verse 12, he plants crops in the land and the same year reached a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. God showed up for Isaac. He became very rich. His wealth continued to grow. He became so wealthy. He had so many flocks, so many animals, so many servants that the Philistines envied him. Um, so they went to all the wells that his father had dug, and they filled in the wells. Um, I've never dug a well. I did try to dig holes for a fence last year in my garden. And I'll tell you what, I needed my husband because I couldn't get very far. The ground was hard. I had good intentions, but I couldn't even really break ground. But these, back then, they needed water just like we still do. They had to hand dig wells. Has anyone dug a well? Any fellows out there? Any ladies? No? I mean, I think now you need, like, equipment. It takes time. It's hard to dig a well. And the Philistines were so envious of what Isaac was reaping, they filled in these wells that had been painstakingly dug, that had been found. I don't think there was any special, like, equipment that even told you where water was. So they filled in the wells, and Isaac, and the king said to Isaac, Look, you are too big for us. You are going to take over. We don't want you here. So Isaac moved on. And he settled in another camp. And then he reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham that the Philistines had stopped up. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. And they dug, Isaac's servants dug that well up. I, I think that, you know, digging up a well that had been filled in is almost as hard as starting one from scratch. You knew the water's there, but it's still filled back in with dirt. So they dug up the well, and the herders quarreled with Isaac and said, that water's ours. So he named the well Contention because they fought with him. And then they dug another well, but there was more quarreling. So he named it um, Arguments. He moved on from there and dug another well. And finally, no one quarreled. He named it Rehoboth, which means wide open spaces. And the Lord and he said, okay, now the Lord is starting to bless me. Now the Lord has given us room to grow. But it, the next verse says, but he didn't stay there. He went to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I will bless you. I will increase the number of your descendants. He's again speaking this promise over Isaac. And I will, I will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. So Isaac stopped. He built an altar. He dug a well. He pitched a tent. He decided to stay there in the place where God spoke to him, not just reiterating the promise he spoke to his father, but he spoke to Isaac. So um, the story goes on to say that Abimelech came to him and said, wait, we see that God's hand is on you. Uh, we want to be at peace with you. So he kind of reconciled with his enemies at that point. But what, what I want to talk to you this morning about is redigging the wells of our father, redigging the wells of our mother. I, this made me think about my spiritual heritage. You know who my parents are. I'm the second generation or 
They're first-generation born-again believers. I'm the second generation. My husband is a third-generation born-again believer. We're raising our children to know Jesus, right? I feel so blessed by that heritage. I, I didn't pick that, right? I was born into that, and I feel blessed by it. I think of my spiritual heritage. I mean, I grew up in church. I grew up in Sunday school. I can think of the teachers that taught me the books of the Bible, that taught me the Word of God. Um, I'm, I'm so blessed by that, right, that spiritual heritage that I have. Um, I think about we, we're hearing little spots of revival all across the country, right? What a, what a blessing that is. I heard this morning, I think in North Carolina on the beaches, there's been some revival happening. This is like the third or fourth week. Um, I'm so excited about that. I experienced a revival in Brownsville when I was a young teenager. My family traveled to Florida. We spent some time there. That shaped me. I'm so grateful for that. But you know what? I, I had that blessing and that covering because somebody dug a well. Somebody dug a well for me. That was on no merit of my own. Someone dug a well for my parents. If you've been here a while, you know it, it was Lenny, right? Someone dug, if you haven't, stick around. You'll hear this story. But someone dug a well for Lenny that told him about Jesus. And he began to dig wells, accessing living water to introduce my parents to Jesus. And they began to dig wells that influenced my life. They, they gave me water. It wasn't enough to sustain me forever, but it was enough for me to begin to dig my own wells. And my children, I mean, my, my son was at the altar this morning in worship. My children are digging their own wells. So this morning I want to speak to you about that. And maybe you're thinking right, right now, Stacy, that was not my story. I don't have that spiritual heritage, so we're not the same. But I want to tell you, someone dug a well for you. You're here today because somebody dug a well for you. Pastor's been talking about the history of our church, right? Someone dug a well for us to be here. <laughs> and, and sin is the great equalizer, right? I don't have that spiritual heritage because of myself. I'm sinful. We're all sinful. I, I have had that blessing because somebody did the work and led me to water, right? But sin makes us equal. Jesus unifies us. We all, in Christ, are sons and daughters of the Most High, right? It doesn't matter really what my heritage on, on earth was. I'm so blessed by it. I want that for my kids, don't you? Don't you want that for your kids? But really, it doesn't matter because you and I are the same, covered by the blood. Sin makes us equal. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us now. Our inheritance is in heaven, right? Revelation tells us there will be a day where he'll wipe every tear from our eye. There will be no pain. Our inheritance is with Christ. But... Um, while we're here on earth, we also have an earthly inheritance, a spiritual inheritance, because the Holy Spirit is our living water. So um, I want to give you an invitation to dig a well. Um, just want to... Your story might be so different than mine. You might be thinking, man, I, I wish that that was my story. I'm so grateful Right? I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I grew up in church. I'm so grateful that I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. The Brownsville Revival shaped me. I know Danica's downstairs helping kids 
She's a pastor's kid too. Her story is similar to mine. She experienced the Holy Spirit. But I'm, I want to just, don't discount me right now. Don't discount the power of the Lord right now because God is in the business. I, I said, came out in prayer this morning. I was praying for someone. God turns the bitter sweet. God heals water. So your story might be so different than mine, but it doesn't have to be anymore because our God breaks cycles. He breaks habits. He breaks our lineage because what we, what is in the natural does not have to be in the spirit. Amen? So the invitation this morning is, will you stand with me and dig a well? Will you dig a well here at New Life for the next generation? Will you redig the old wells of our spiritual mothers and fathers? Are you thirsty? Are you desperate for breakthrough? The answer should be yes, church, because we never arrive. Pastor says there's no perfect section, right? We never arrive. Are you... Will you make salvation relevant with me? Will you redig the wells of holiness, of sanctification, of worship, of intercession, right? In a practical way, of kids' ministry. We're so grateful to have kids. And did you see all the kids this morning? We're so grateful to have them. Will you dig wells with me for them so that they can grow up and say, I grew up in a church that dug a well for me, and now I know living water. Are you, like Isaac, going back where you know the water is? He knew that Abraham's wells had water. Even though they were filled in, he knew what was under there. So it wasn't so much of an effort. It was hard. But he knew what was ha- going to be the reward, right? So he redug the wells. I don't know. Um, we, I read Israel. I mean, I... Isaiah 43 earlier, Israel was in exile when the Lord spoke those words to them. Don't you see that I'm doing a new thing? Don't you see what I'm doing? I provide streams in the desert. Don't you, we sang the song this morning, I know that you'll do it again. So will you say with me, God, I know you did it once and I believe you'll do it again. The enemy loves, would love to mess you up. He would love to to you and say, well, that you don't have a spiritual heritage on earth. You don't have, you know, your past is too messy. It's too dirty. It has too much pain. It has too much trauma. He would love to do that. But the invitation is we are, right? Sin makes the playing field equal. And Jesus unifies us and covers us with his blood. Amen. Um, so I want to ask you, are you thirsty for Jesus? Are you digging those wells? Do you want to access your earthly inheritance while waiting for eternity? Will you believe for the impossible? Or are you drawing from those beginning wells like Isaac? Uh, he could have stayed. Those wells were his birthright. They belonged to him. He could have stayed in contention. He could have stayed in in quarrel in argument he could have drawn fresh water from those wells but it w- who would that have benefited it would have sustained his life but imagine that living in contention to draw fresh water from that 
May we be like Isaac and just move on. May we not continue to draw fresh water from bitterness, from trauma, from old wounds, from pain. Man, the devil loves to make us think that we're stuck in those places. But there is wide open space for you. There is Rehoboth for you. There is a place of oath for you because God's promise is that the the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is living inside you, living water, accessible all the time. You know, I loved encountering the Holy Spirit this morning. I love encountering the Holy Spirit with you on Sunday mornings. It's a breath of fresh air. It's a relief, right? It's Holy Spirit rain. But I don't want to only live on those encounters. You know, wells provide fresh flowing water. The opposite of that is collecting water like in a bottle, in a cistern. You know what a cistern is? The water you can take with you, but the Bible and history tells us that they crack and they leak and the water gets stale. They're not sustainable. In fact, the word tells us and history that cisterns, empty cisterns become prisons. There's no life there. So I don't want to stay in a prison. I don't want to drink from a prison. I don't want to drink from anything old. I want the fresh water. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to give you a few things to do. If you are, if you are hearing me, I feel just, I feel, expectation is the only word that I can describe. I feel like, Lord, I hope that you are, I hope that he is taking my words and like, Resorting them out into your brain. That's how I feel so much, so heavy um, in the spirit of what he wants to do. So this morning, I'm going to give you a few things. You ready? If you want to dig spiritual wells in your life, if you want to access that fresh water, what do you have to do? The first thing to do is shovel the ground. Take a shovel and break ground. That was me, right, with my garden. I got a little hole, but I needed someone that knew how to dig a well. I dig a hole. I needed someone with some muscle. My husband, where is he? I needed someone with some tools to help me break that ground. But I want to tell you this morning, Hosea 10 says, sow righteousness, right, until he comes. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask. Seek, knock, right? Luke 11 says it again. Just like a a father gives you good things, how much more will our our heavenly father give you? Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, so that you can move in me. Are you ready to redig the wells of your beginning? Can you remember the days of your early salvation when God did something new in your heart, when he changed your heart? Do you remember? Can you, re, can you go back and redig the daily practices of your life um, to, to forget about, this, about drinking from the cistern, but instead go back to where living water, shovel your ground, um, contend in prayer, right? Um, I, I think about my spiritual heritage, and I'm reminded of Jane. She's in heaven now. Does anyone remember? She is a spiritual mother here. She dug wells here at New Life, um, physically and spiritually. They helped build this building, um, add on to this building. She was a woman of faith. And there was a time in my life before our children were born where I was dealing with fertility and tremendous loss, and I was dry. I was not drinking from a running well. Well, I was desperate for God to speak, but I wasn't hearing anything. Has anyone ever been there? 
and I was in church, and it was, you know, when you're really dry, and people are like, have faith, just, I'm praying for you, and you're just like, nobody else? Come on. You've never been there. You feel so empty, and you know what they're saying is true. Like, just hold on. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where I was. In fact, the song that day, that morning, I remember Pastor saying it last Sunday. He, you give and take away. You give. My heart was not good because I was like, yes, he does give and he does take away. And I'm not happy about it. I was dry. I was angry. It, my water was turning bitter. And Jane took one look at me and she said, don't you give up. She was a straight shooter. Don't you give up. And I, you know, I kind of gave her the thumbs up. And she said, look at me, don't you give up. And I, it began to tumble out. God is not speaking to me. God is not hearing me. God does, he forgot about me. I was dry. And she began to remind me, um, Deuteronomy says, right, seek with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. The Psalms tell us over and over, cry out to the Lord day and night. Um, she began to talk to me about men and women in the Bible. Um, I'm thinking right now in Mark about the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Right, with, It was everything in her to believe that God would show up for her. The father who carried his son to Jesus, Jesus healed him only through prayer. The mother who brought her um, daughter who was covered by unclean spirits and said, Jesus, only you can, right? She said, don't you give up. And then she said, are you even giving him a chance to speak? And I was so, oh, it just got me because I thought, man, yeah, how often do we like, Lord, I need you to show up for me right now. I need to hear from you. And then it's like eight minutes later, we get to our destination. We're like, well, God didn't speak to me, so... He, that's it. Shovel the ground, church. Shovel the ground. If there's something, I know for some of you, when I say, do you need a breakthrough? You can immediately think of something, right? You can immediately think, yes, I need to move in this situation. I can think of things. If you've known me for any period of time, I've been believing for three impossible things in my life. God made a way in one of them. It went down to two, and now I'm back up to three. I'm believing for three things that man cannot do. Only God can do. And I'll tell you what, I will shovel that ground. I will dig out that dirt until it happens because I know that God can. And guess what? I need him to. Do you need him to do something in your life? All right. Shovel the ground in your life. And the next thing is shield your well. As you dig, let me tell you what, it gets dirty. It gets ugly. I'm not, in total transparency, the morning at my house was pretty ugly. It was pretty rough this morning. Why? Because I'm digging a well. I'm digging wells for my we my family is digging wells and it got messy this morning and I had to confess, repent, go forward and say no. I mean, I, I told my son, "You know what? The devil wants to kill us, but we're not going to let him. We're going to drink living water." All right? So as you dig, shield your well. Romans 8:13 says, "If you live in the flesh, you will die, but if you live in the spirit, you will have life and peace." Do you remember who you are? 
I will preach identity all day long. Ginny, I will preach identity all day because if you forget who you are, you will not be able to stand. God formed you in your mother's womb. He knows your name. He has fashioned you and called you for a purpose. Ephesians tells us we are his handiwork. We are not an accident. Listen, this is not in the natural. This is in the spirit, okay? You were created on purpose by a God who held you with his hands, right? He formed you. He breathed who you are inside of you. My little one, Ella, says all the time, Mommy, how am I me? And I tell her the same thing. God breathed you into you, and that makes you special. Don't forget who you are. You are created by design. And don't forget that the enemy does want to kill you. He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. John 10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Proverbs 4.33 says guard your heart. From it flows life. Right? Philippians 4. I love. Let's read that. It's good to read the word. Amen? I'm getting fired up, church. Okay. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Shield your well, church. Remember, think on whatever is true. This is part of my natural spiritual heritage. A teacher named Terry gave me this scripture when I was a little girl and I've never forgotten. Think on what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Whatever you have learned or received from the Lord, think about those things and the God of peace will be with you. What does that mean? When the enemy wants to lie to you and tell you there's too much dirt in this well, there's too much trauma going on, there's too much pain, your family cycle says that you're going to be like this. You say, that's not true. That's not right. That's not lovely. So I'm not going to listen to that. Amen. Second Corinthians tells us to take every thought captive. Romans 12, 2 says, we present yourselves as a living sacrifice. Ephesians 6, 14 tells us about putting on the armor of God. Amen. And it says to cover your heart with the breastplate of righteousness. Close the door to enemy access. Break agreement with hindering habits, right? We like to hold on in the natural. We like to think, well, this is not the worst thing. This is not so bad. Maybe God will change this. God can. You can. God can, right? But what does this mean in real practical ways? As you begin to dig the ground, this means not talking to certain people, right? Maybe that's the case. This means changing where you go. If you struggle with addiction, don't go to that bar or restaurant. Don't walk down that aisle in the grocery store. If you struggle with lust or things of the flesh, don't watch those movies. Don't watch that TV, right? TV. Jane told me, don't give up. But I felt like she was saying, read your Bible, pray more, go to church. Well, when you're digging a well, when you're shielding your well, what do you have to do? Read your Bible, pray, go to church, stop watching things that are going to bring you down, stop listening to things that are going to take you back to where you were. 
Sometimes there's things that we have no control over, right? Sometimes there's things that have been done that have been done to us. And I want to tell you this morning that I see you and I'm so sorry for the trauma and the pain in your life. I am. I'm so sorry for the um, hurt that you're carrying. I'm so I'm so sad that that's part of your natural spiritual heritage, right? But I'm so grateful that we serve a God that wipes that out, that can change that in a moment. And you know, I understand that when when someone says you know let go of your trauma let go of your pain that it's easy for me to say that it's harder to do but the reality is with Christ with the power of the holy spirit it is in fact that easy to say god i give it to you it might not happen in that moment i understand that i don't want anyone to feel like i've been trying to get rid of this for so long i understand but as you keep digging your well as you continue to shield your well and say i'm not going to be who i was I'm not going to entertain that. I promise that it will get easier. The water that's there, that's coming, it will get easier to access that and let go of the other. I know that my God is a healer, and I know that he can turn it around for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So after we start digging, you just got to start. After we put up, you know, like things in place, I had to cover my garden with chicken wire to keep the gophers out wasn't quite successful, but we're talking about this can be successful. Um, after you do that, you need to sustain your walk, okay? We were not meant to do it alone. Um, Colossians 2, 6 says, you received Christ, so walk in him, rooted, be built up and established in him, right? First Thessalonians tells us to rejoice always, don't quench the spirit. Hebrews 10 reminds us to stir up love, to not neglect the gathering of the saints. This is again, very practical ways, daily practice. Pastor has been encouraging us to, to join with him and pray in the morning. When, when he first set that invitation out, that was not my usual time of prayer. Mornings are tough for me. And I already had kind of a schedule. And I thought, well, I'm still, I still have my time to pray. But I wanted to join with him, not in real life, but pray at the same time with him. Although I do hear him sometimes because my room's upstairs where I work out and your office is downstairs. But I, so I began to do that and it was really hard and I felt like this is not as effective as my other prayer time where I knew I would have space for the Lord. But the Lord, the Holy Spirit did something as I joined with pastor, as I joined with my local church family and began to sustain my walk. And now I value that time. Meditate on the word. Ask if you need something. Ask for help. That's why we're here, right? So many times I hear from from you, man, I've been dealing with this. I didn't want to ask. Why? I ask for help all the time. That's what we need to do. Uh, Sustain means support. I need support. Do you need support? Yeah? That's why we're here. Support your walk with the Lord. That means, listen, there are so many opportunities to be fed here at New Life. There's Sunday morning. There's Sunday night prayer. I'll tell you, it's not in my season to always listen to the prayer live. But I do make sure to listen to it on Monday morning or Tuesday morning, right? It's very easy to pop that on and pray while you're doing other things. Um, There's Wednesday night in the Word. There's Tuesday and Thursday talk at noon. 
um, on Facebook Live. They're my kids, but I will tell you that they dig wells for that word. They don't take that lightly. They prepare and listen to the Lord to speak on those half an hour on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Pastor Bill Unger shares on a Zoom on Wednesday midday. Right? There's prayer on Monday night. It's not my season right now. I can't, I'm not gonna be able to leave the house on Monday nights, right? That's my season with my kids. But maybe it's yours. Maybe you're free Monday night to get out of your house and sustain your well and come into the house of the Lord and pray for a little while, right? All of the services are on YouTube. You can go back and listen. And listen, there's a lot of really great preachers out there, right? Anywhere you look, you can find a good preacher. But I would really encourage you to first be fed from your local church. Because when you, when you are here with us and when you hear what God is speaking to you, to you, right? Not what someone speak, what God's speaking through a church pastor of another local church, which may be good and may certainly edify your life. But first be fed through your local church and see what God is speaking to us. Sustain your walk with the Lord. And then I want to encourage you to stay close to the source. John 14, um, again, let's, let's just, you know. <clears throat> oh, John 14, 15. <clears throat> All right. Let's see. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the world can't accept him, can't see him or know him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus says he will not leave us as orphans, he will come to you. The world will not see him, but we will see him, because Jesus lives, we will all live. We know him, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person and he dwells within you. He is God and he is holy. He is all powerful, all present, all knowing, right? Isaiah 40 says, who can fathom the spirit? Who can even begin to understand that God is with us? Right? You know that, right, church? He is with us. He is inside of us. He dwells with us. Ephesians 1 reiterates through the Bible, the same power that raised Christ from the dead raises us and lives within us. So we have, Luke 10, we have the power, right, to tread on the enemy through the Holy Spirit. John 14, he's our helper. Um, he's our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, our revealer. He is our anointing. He is our partner, and he is our intercessor. Amen? He is God with us. The magnitude of that, I pray, will not be lost on you. We are not digging wells alone. We are not struggling alone. We are not made to um, shield or sustain our well alone, but we have the source of water with us. Jude 1 tells us to build yourself up praying in the Spirit. If you've not been filled with the um, gifts of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I would encourage you to ask the Lord to fill you because even though that seems too easy, that is what the Lord says. Ask for the Spirit. Amen. 1 Corinthians says, pray in the Spirit. Man, I love, I see my husband back there. Hi, Dan. 
Dan and I have been married 18 and a half years. And while I learn new things about him all the time, yet um, there is an intimacy at this point, right? We've been together for so long that he will often just walk into a room and I kind of know what he's talking about, right? He's not saying anything, but I kind of know what, what he's communicating with me. I love that. I love that, babe. Um, how much more do I want that with the Holy Spirit, right? I don't want to be so far from the Holy Spirit that I have to... Um, confess and repent and go through you know these pages and pages we say frequently from the pulpit keep a short account with the lord so that you can easily come into his presence so that you can easily hear i want that same intimacy with the holy spirit always he's as close as our next next breath he lives inside of us i want to be quick to hear him amen amen and the last thing is share your water because you know why Someone dug a well for you. Someone dug a well for you, and that's why you're here today. That's why you know who Jesus is. Someone dug a well for this church. Someone dug a well for Pastor and Pamela to know Jesus, to lead them into their calling, to help sustain them, right, to teach them. Someone dug a well for you. Man, Psalm 79 says, We will tell the next generation of the goodness of what you have done. Mark 16 tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Somebody told you. Can we tell them? Right? Revelation 12 tells us that they triumph by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word of their testimony. Your testimony has power. Your testimony is a weapon. It changes things. Um, our culture tells me that people are hungry for Jesus, right? The Chosen is a show about G- the life of Jesus. There's, you know, it, it doesn't always get it right, but I do know that it is pointing people to Christ. The Jesus... Um, revolution is that you, most of you have seen it, I think, right? People are so hungry to learn about the spiritual heritage, to know what God had done before, that they're flocking to see this movie because they, they're hungry for Jesus. And listen, if we don't tell them, what water will they drink from? The church as a whole, Christianity as a whole, can become so polluted, so watered down. Everywhere you look, it's so easy to find someone that will tell you what you want to hear. You know what I mean? Like you can hear someone preach and you're like, uh, and then you, you, you can go somewhere else and hear, hear them preach. Oh yeah, that's what I want to hear. Let's not pollute the word of God. Let's keep the water running, the living water and share it. So this morning, I just want to, do you want to, what do you want to do? You want to? I feel expectant because you know why? I need to dig a well. I need to dig wells in my life. I told you this morning was a hot mess in my house. I needed to make that right with Jesus. I needed to make, we never arrive. There's no perfect section. It doesn't matter how long we've walked with the Lord or what our relationship status with the Lord is, right? We can always grow, go deeper. There's always other things that we can do. Um, so this morning, I want to extend the invitation to you. Maybe you're right at the beginning and you need to dig a well. Like you're, the ground is hard. When I was dry, when I was in exile, when I was in the wilderness, and Jane spoke to me and said, don't give up. Don't you give up. I'll tell you what. I didn't have a sharp, heavy shovel to dig with. I was like handful at a time. It was hard. It was so hard. I felt so, I, I get it. But the water, the promise of water kept me going, right? The 
knowing what was on the other side kept me going. So this morning, I would ask you, do you remember that Jesus is higher? Right? Are you, Jesus is higher. You might be saying, but Stacy, you don't know the generational cycles that I'm living in. I do. We all got stuff. I do. I want to break generational cycles in my own life for my children. Don't you want, as parents, I see lots of parents, grandparents, we always want our kids to do better, right? I tell my kids all the time, do better than mama. Don't do that. Mama said that, don't do better than me. Figure it out sooner, right? We all want that for our kids. Well, let's do better. Let's do better right now. And you're like, that's it. It seems insurmountable. It's hard frozen ground. Yeah, you got to pick up your shovel. You got to start somewhere. The Holy Spirit is with you. He's able. So I'm going to invite Pastor to come. I have a, you want to put a song on? James, why don't you begin to play that? So. I want to pray. Why don't we stand together? As, uh, as Stacy was preaching, I, I was kept thinking of the word that we're, we're on a journey. We are on a journey. And uh, I wrote down some things. We got the shovel. We got to have to shield it. We have to sustain it. Have to stay in it. Have to share it. That, that is a whole journey right there. And I, I'm thankful for my friend Lenny. And uh, after I came to the Lord, I, I, I met an old friend of mine. And his name was Tommy. And Tommy said, he said, Rick, he said, you got saved? I said, yeah, I accepted the Lord. He said, I got saved too. He said, I've been praying for you every day. I haven't seen him in like five years. Someone was digging a well for me, but I didn't even know it. And how much more does everyone here need to dig some wells you know, some of you have had some wells and they got a little clogged up, right? You addressed that a little bit, and it's not flowing very well. Well, I, I wanted to ask, uh, and I want to anoint you with oil. And, and Stacey, you could pray in just a second. But if, if there's anyone here that needs to maybe just ask God for a, a fresh vision, a fresh direction, uh, just to go deeper with the Lord. Maybe you're feeling like, uh, do I set up roots here? Do I get it? Do I plug into what's happening here? And maybe you just need some guidance and direction. I want to take time to pray for you one by one. Uh, and if you have got to go home, you can go home. But I, I want to leave the altars open for that. So, Stacy, why don't you pray and uh, direct people to come? Amen. Yeah, let's pray, church. And you know, you heard Pastor, I don't I don't know where you are, what what kind of well you're believing for. If you're believing for sons and daughters to come home, if you're believing for good health, if you're believing for the cycle of addiction to be broken, right? The cycle of poverty to be broken. Um, whatever it is, right? There's things that we have that we need. I want to encourage you to come. Let's pray, church. Lord, we love you so much. We love you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the faithful that dug wells for us, Lord. We're so grateful that we found you, that you called us out of our darkness, that you call us, that you cover us with your blood and you call us sons and daughters. We're so grateful, Father. We're so grateful for the cross. 
And we're so grateful, Father, that you didn't save us to leave us, oh God, but you save us and you gave us the Holy Spirit, God, literally with us. So I ask you right now, Father, to begin to stir in hearts, point out the obvious ground. May we choose ground and decide today to start digging. Father, may we put up the appropriate boundaries. We thank you, Father, for spiritual boundaries. May we put up the appropriate shielding over our well so that we hear only your voice, Father. Lord, I pray for those that need a sustaining, supporting hand. I pray that they will be quick to ask for help, that they will be quick to change their daily practice, Father. I pray against every generational cycle in the name of Jesus. We're so grateful, Father, that curses do not come through the cross. So I pray against every cycle that is perpetuated by our habits, oh God. And I pray for that you turn the bitter water sweet in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for staying power. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that dwells within us, that leads us, that corrects us, that confronts us and comforts us, Father. So I pray, Father, for those that need your voice so clearly. I ask for you to speak in the name of Jesus. And may we have a burden to share you, Father. Speak to us, Lord. Guide us in these things. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. I'm going to be down here. Stacey, can you be available? Pamela, can you be available? Uh, Bill Larios, can you be available? Yeah. And uh, James, just keep that music going. Uh, I'm just calling for an altar time right now. If you need to have prayer, come on up. I'll be happy to pray with you, anoint you with oil. If you've got to go home or you have a cup of coffee, go home. That's fine, too. But uh, you're dismissed to go this way or that way. Amen. Amen.